stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the debut show of All Around Sports. For each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. So before we delve into the wild world of sports, I would first like to thank Jeff Spinard, the president of World Talk Radio and Voice America, and Ray Ellis, the network director of Voice America Sports, for providing me with this opportunity to host my own show. I'm very, very excited, and hopefully you will be too. I would also like to thank Lemont Williams, with whom I have hosted, co-hosted excuse me, Outside the Huddle, on Voice America Sports for the past year. Additionally, I want to give you my background here in this first ever episode, uh, give you my background as a sports journalist, which started right after graduating from St. Francis University in Western Pennsylvania, where I embarked on a nine-year career as a newspaper reporter. Since then, I've been a freelance writer covering sports for a variety of publications, using that writing foundation, And now I also do radio and television, as you are currently hearing. I've been very fortunate to have had a wonderful career so far, highlighted by covering two NFL dynasties, the Steel Curtain era, Pittsburgh Steelers to begin my career, and now the New England Patriots for the past decade. I'm based here in Boston, 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium, and I've been a season ticket holder for 16 years. So uh, I have had great enjoyment covering both teams. These days, I cover the NFL on a regular basis. I've attended the past three Super Bowls uh, with media credentials as past three Super Bowl weeks, excuse me, as well as uh, a number of league owners meetings and a variety of other NFL events. But I'm certainly not limited to the NFL, and uh, I cover every sport under the sun. As for this one-hour show, which is comprised of four 15-minute segments, my format is to begin each show with the past week's highlights, lowlights, and bizarro news items that fascinate us all. 
In the middle segments, I will typically have timely guests from all around uh, the sports world, such as uh, when I had former Boston Celtic Robert Parrish join Lemont and I on Outside the Huddle the night before Game 7, Celtics-Lakers, last June. Then, during the last 15-minute segment, I will look ahead with my picks of the weekend so we can all plan our non-sports life around these weekend sports priorities that we all have. So let's get started with my highlights of the week. For me, again, based up here in New England, my highlight of the week was watching Tom Brady cry on the Brady Six segment on ESPN the other night. I just thought it was genuine and sincere. A lot of people were coming out uh, on both ends of the spectrum on this. Uh, many people were criticizing Brady, uh, but I'm not one of those. I'm squarely in his corner. Uh, Brady, in my experience, is nothing if not sincere. Uh, I had an encounter with him in the Patriots locker room a couple years ago where uh, I asked him for an interview. I, I just looked up. He and I were basically uh, in a corner of the locker room, nobody else around. I asked him if he had a minute for an interview, and he was so sincere and genuine in his answer. Uh, simply put, it was the best rejection I ever had, where he apologized that he was on his way to a meeting, couldn't do it then, and just promised that any other time uh, he was in the locker room to look him up, and he'd be happy to talk and you know, we all go by our personal experiences, and that was my uh, one with Tom Brady, and and I was very impressed. And again, you know, anybody who watched that, watched him crying the other night, it's been big news everywhere. Everybody's seen the clip by now, I'm sure. Uh, I thought it was just terrific. Uh, it was just him showing how much it meant to him, and he possesses, and it showed that he possesses that one quality that only the best of the best have, which is the chip on their shoulder from some rejection somewhere in their life that drives them and motivates them, a la Michael Jordan getting cut from his junior high team. And these are the types of people that end up becoming the icons of their sports. The other highlight of the week for me was uh, was Josh Beckett uh, pitching on Sunday night against the Yankees. 3-0 shutout when the Red Sox started the season 0-6, then won opening day at Fenway, lost the next day. So Sunday night they went in 1-7, and and Beckett was just so impressive. And I, I've always been a Josh Beckett fan. He, he first got my attention like the rest of the nation when uh, he went into Yankee Stadium as a early 20-something in 2003, and... <clears throat> won the World Series, won the clinching game in the stadium, beating the vaunted Yankees. And anybody who does that, in my mind, just gets a, a lifetime pass. And the other game I think about with Josh Beckett is Game 5, 2007 ALCS against the Cleveland Indians. The Red Sox were down 3-1, to one, playing in Cleveland, where they shipped in one of his former girlfriends to, quote, spook him, which was absurd. And Beckett went in and pitched another great game, just completely shut down the Indians and the Red Sox, then returned home for game six and seven, where they routed the Indians to go on to the World Series and then World Series victory. 
So, uh, you know, I was never so sure of a pitcher winning a game, let alone elimination game on the road, as I was that night when Beckett was pitching. So, again, when his when the team's back is absolutely against the wall, and that's where Beckett steps up and on the biggest stages. And believe me, living up here in Boston last Sunday night, the Red Sox sorely, sorely needed a lift. And Beckett did it by mowing down the Yankees with a two-hitter. Shut out, went eight innings, should have gone nine. And it was just, again, so impressive. And give me those players every time who step up with their best stuff on the biggest stage. And now for the lowlights of this past week. And the one for me was uh, Rory McIlroy at the Masters on Sunday. I had the good fortune to be at Augusta National for a Masters practice round two years ago in 2009. I stood on the 10th tee. I know what it looks like. And we are all very mindful of the uh, famous saying that the Masters begins with the back nine on Sunday, and that's exactly what I was thinking as I was watching it when McElroy stepped up to the 10th tee, and it was just sad to watch, and what was really amazing was uh, after he hit that Aaron tee shot, to see him back in those houses, which for all of us veteran Masters watchers is the first time ever I can remember seeing those houses on TV, meaning no one has ever hit a shot back there in the history of the Masters, to my knowledge, or certainly the televised Masters. And it was just, uh, having been there, I know where those houses are in relation to the 10th tee. So how his ball ended up there is so far beyond my imagination, I, I can't even begin to tell you. But he handled it with class, and uh, I think we'll see him uh, leading some final rounds in the future. And I got the feeling next time uh, he'll do quite well. And just sticking with the world of golf, another low light was uh, yesterday when Kevin Na shot a 16, repeat, 16 on one hole. And we've all been there. I'm a... Occasional weekend golfer, a hacker at best, and I don't know if I've ever had a 16, to be quite honest. I've had plenty of 10s and plenty of snowmen, but uh, not a whole lot of 16s that come to mind, but I'm sure there's been a few sprinkled in there. But again, uh, I saw him interviewed today on ESPN, actually the lead story on SportsCenter this morning, and and he was terrific. So good for him. And, uh, And finally my bizarro sports stories of the week. And, you know, there's been a couple. The one is where I saw this morning that the accuser in the famous, famous Duke lacrosse case has been, has allegedly stabbed her boyfriend to death, which uh, charges are, he just died apparently within the past 24 hours. And, uh, you know, so charges are pending and uh, that she allegedly was the stabber. So that story continues to just, you know, deteriorate from completely bizarre from day one to now reaching just a new, new level. And uh, 
you know, it's one of the sorriest episodes, frankly, in the history of American sports and the history of the American legal system. So couldn't believe when I read that one. And the other bizarro sports story of the week that I saw was where John Lucas, the former NBA star who makes a living out of helping the most troubled of the troubled athletes get their lives back through addiction, whatever it may be, dropped Jamarcus Russell as a client. And that just tells us where how low Jamarcus Russell has sunk. I mean, when I read the story, it reminded me of, you know, Charlie Sheen's public relations representative dropping Charlie a month or two ago when he started uh, behaving badly. And uh, when yet, you know, Charlie Sheen may quite possibly be the greatest public relations client for billing purposes in the history of America. And certainly it's been a busy couple months. And for John Lucas to, uh, to drop Jamarcus Russell is just incredible. Uh, again, Jamarcus Russell, you know, he said he got 30 million. So I assume some of it's still in the bank. Although after reading this story, you have to wonder, but, Again, just uh, has sunk so low, and it's sad to see these situations. But as my former co-host, Lemont Williams, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills. So let's take our break. And next on our show will be our guest, Barry Rubenstein, copy editor on the sports desk of the venerable New York Post newspaper. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams with co-host John Inglesby. 
Each week, join Lemont and John as they take callers, discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sit down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America. And it's that time when we invite guests to join us on All Around Sports. So I would like to introduce Barry Rubenstein, copy editor on the sports desk of the New York Post. Barry, thanks for joining us, and how are you doing today? I'm doing great, John, and uh, thanks for having me. This is great. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, well, lots going on these days. It's, uh, it's a great time of year with you know the playoffs underway in both the NHL and the NBA, as well as, of course, uh, Major League Baseball well in, well underway into the swing of their season uh, after two, three weeks. And a little bit of NFL news, but unfortunately none of it's on the field. But, Barry, why don't we, uh, knowing you work on, again, the copy desk of the New York Post, and I know you do some design pages, some headline writing, uh, you know, you are in the epicenter of the sports world. Uh, the New York Post is, is simply iconic. And uh, so we're all dying to hear your opinions on various subjects. So why don't we start with a subject I know is near and dear to your heart, the NHL playoffs and the New York Rangers, who opened up with a fascinating game one against the Washington Capitals the other night. Yeah, it really was a, a terrific game, John. And, uh, you know, I, I had told a lot of people, uh, before the series started, I felt, I really felt the Rangers, uh, had, and I, and despite what happened in game one, I, I, I think they have a really good shot of winning the series because, you know, as, as we all know, uh, defense and goaltending is what wins during the playoffs. So, uh, you know, the Rangers, you know, certainly have exhibited that. Uh, that ability down the stretch, and they have Henrik Lundqvist, who's you know one of, one of the best goalies in the league, and you know, he led the league in shutouts this year. And you know that that's and the way Game One unfolded, you know, uh, despite uh, the, the Caps winning in overtime, is just the kind of game the Rangers want to play. They want a tight defensive uh, game with a lot of checking, uh, not a whole lot of scoring opportunities. I mean, the only thing is, obviously, the uh, Caps have a lot of firepower uh, on. Uh, you know, on the offensive side of the blue line. So they're going to get their chances. But, you know, if, I think if the Rangers continue to play the way they did in, uh, in game one, I really do think they have a good shot of uh, certainly taking this series, uh, making it a long series, and maybe even winning it. Yeah, and I agree. I think, uh, you know, the Rangers, uh, you know, have some studs. I always have liked Chris Drury, uh, legendary little leaguer, led the U.S. to a little league World Series back when uh, Taiwan had won 
uh, half a dozen or so in a row, and he's always been a gamer as he was when he won the cup with the uh, Colorado Avalanche, I believe. So the Rangers have the horsepower, and I must say, you know, I was talking to uh, someone who works at the Verizon Center in D.C. yesterday on the phone, and she said that Washington is just beside itself with excitement over the Capitals. I think there's a sense that this is their year. I mean, you know, they've had a couple extreme disappointments following in the playoffs, following great regular seasons. And, uh, you know, it, it does feel a little bit like it's maybe not quite now or never, but uh, there's going to be a lot of impatient fans. So what's the mood uh, uh, down in New York for the Rangers? Is it, are, do they believe? Um, I think that uh, I think the people are optimistic. I mean, obviously, uh, this is the first season in, in quite some time that they've actually been able to get into the playoffs. Uh, you know, after you know looking pretty good during the regular season, and you know things are things look solid, and then they go into that late season fold. I mean, we remember what happened last year with them going into the last regular season game against the Flyers, needing to win the game to advance to the playoffs wind up losing in the shootout, and, of course, it was the Flyers who wound up going all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, you know, I'll, I'll, you never quite realize, you know, how one goal either way can really tip the scales of, of your fortune uh, in the postseason. Um, but I, I understand, too, that uh, actually uh, Sean Avery is going to be back in the lineup for the Rangers tonight. So, uh, you know, I, I think we'll see a little bit of uh, maybe extracurricular activities uh, from Mr. Avery, and we'll, we'll see what that leads to. <laughs> But to answer your question, um, yeah, I, I think with the Caps, it's almost starting to be a, a similar type of story. You know, a, a lot, lots, is, lots are expected every year from them, and you know they just don't seem to fulfill those uh, those expectations. So yeah, I, I think there is a lot of pressure on them, and certainly, you know, when, whenever you have a one seed facing an eight seed, the pressure is always on the one seed to you know make it a short series and, and put the eight seed to rest. So anytime. The eight seed can make a series of it, you know. Then you know you certainly have those um, have those doubts that are that are raised and crept up. Right, I, I, I agree. Good observation. I'm sure Sean Avery will get uh, everybody's juices flowing, to put it mildly. And you know, you mentioned the Flyers uh, last year's Stanley Cup finalist, uh, who lost out, of course, to the Chicago Blackhawks. And what are your thoughts about those two teams uh, coming off last year's finals? Well, it's interesting, um, you know, that they, you know, certainly look to be uh, two contending teams, and uh, you know, the Flyers have have had a pretty successful regular season. The Blackhawks, on the other hand, just sort of eked into the playoffs. I think, uh, I think when they when they lost Dustin uh, Bufflin, I mean, I I think that that he's a role player, real physical guy, real emotional guy, but a lot of times it's the guys who supply a lot of intangibles like that are guys that are that are sorely missed and he wound up uh, going to Atlanta this year um, and you know I, I think they've struggled a lot. I'm not saying that's the reason why they finished in eighth place but it, it's certainly uh, a factor and it's, and it's interesting to me that you know with with the one game in the in the playoffs already in the book for both those teams the Blackhawks and the Flyers both were shut out in their opening games of the first round which which is kind of interesting uh, Blackhawks losing to Vancouver and uh, the Flyers losing to Buffalo. So, you know, I, I think, you know, you talk about uh, people in Washington being a little concerned, maybe. Uh, and certainly it can be the same, uh, same set of people, certainly in Philadelphia and uh, you know, I think in Chicago, too, to some extent. 
Well, that's an interesting observation that they both were shut out in their playoff opener the year after their book. They faced each other in the finals. And speaking of the Flyers, you know, up here in Boston, they're still smarting from last year's epic collapse when they had the 3-0 lead in games, combined with the 3-0 lead in Game 7. That's the Boston Bruins I'm speaking of, of course, and they lost both. And last night, they lost their fifth playoff game in a row. And, you know, I know I just said a, a few moments ago that... It's uh, headed towards now or never with the Washington Capitals. Well, with the Boston Bruins, it's already, it is now or never. Uh, Bruins Nation is just beside themselves today uh, here in Boston. And for Montreal to come in, the Bruins have scored 15 goals against them in the last two games, beat them up physically. And for the Canadians to come in last night and completely control that game, Score three minutes in by a former, by Brian Gianta, former Boston College product, an old friend, you might say. And, uh, and then for Gianta to close it out with a few minutes to go based on a mistake by uh, Milan Lucic is, again, just has everybody up in arms. It's been 40 years since the last Stanley Cup victory here. And what were your thoughts on that game? Well, you know, when you mentioned, you know, the, the, the one, the, you know, the goal coming on a mistake. I mean, you know, that goes back to what we were talking about before about how, you know, one goal, one little mistake in a playoff game, you know, it can, can kind of uh, send the momentum going one way or another. I mean, obviously the uh, Bruins and the Canadians have had a long and storied history. They're, 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 they're blood rivals, uh, uh, two of the original six teams, and they, are, they, they go back a long way. Uh, but, you know, when it comes down to defense and goaltending, I mean, you look at what, what Carey Price did. In game one against the Bruins, I mean, the, the Bruins outshot the Canadians and Price stood tall and, uh, and got the job done. So, yeah, I, I certainly expect this to be a long series. I, I, you know, I don't think that, uh, you know, the Canadians will have the Bruins number, so to speak. You know, like you say, it's a different, it's the, the postseason, the regular season are, are totally different animals and it, it all depends on, on how you come out and how you react to these things. And I, I expect the Bruins to be, to be ready for game two, and I expect this to be a long series. It should be a very good one, very emotional, very physical, and I think uh, I think we're in for for a lot more fun in this series as well. Terrific, and uh, Barry, we're coming up on our break, and you're you're kind enough to stick around with us for the third segment uh, after the break. So why don't we just uh, finish up this session with uh, sticking with the NHL? Are there any other Matchups that really uh, get your juices flowing, besides the ones we've already touched on. I, I think that uh, you know, I, like I said, I think well, mostly just the ones that we've mentioned. I think that the, the the Flyers and and Buffalo is pretty intriguing too, because Buffalo does play a very defensive game, and you know they have Ryan Miller, and uh, you know I think a lot of the listeners will remember from uh, from the Olympics, you know how well he played in goal for Team USA and. Uh, you know, nearly getting the best of, of, of Team Canada. And that was, that's probably one of the best, best hockey games you'll ever see. So, you know, I think anytime you have a goaltender like that playing at the top of this game, uh, you know, certainly Ryan Miller, a Lundquist, um, the goalies who really stand out and really uh, can carry a team through the playoffs. And then we, we've seen it happen many times before. Um, you know, I think those are, those are really the... The goaltenders are the players who I think are the catalysts who can really uh, make a difference in a, in a playoff series and just carry their team. Uh, 
uh, as far as they can take them. Well, good points all, Barry. And I'm also intrigued uh, out on out on the western side with the uh, Detroit-Phoenix uh, matchup. You know, the Red Wings, you always got to, you know, take them into consideration anytime in the postseason, given their their history. They, they, they know when to show up, and it's now. Oh yeah, always, and uh, you know they're 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 a team that can that can never be overlooked. And they're you know when you talk about Stanley Cup contending teams, they're they're always in the mix. So you know you would you would expect them to make a long run. You know they, they I I would expect them to beat Phoenix in this series and advance. And uh, you know uh, they they call themselves Hockey Town and for a good reason. And they another another original six team with history. Yeah, always root. And a cup playoffs is uh, is an original six final, and uh, we we would have had one last year had the Bruins not collapsed against the Flyers. That would have been very interesting. A uh, good possibility of that happening. But um, yeah, anytime you can see an original six final it hasn't been one in quite some time. But uh, love to love to see one this year. Okay, terrific, Barry, and uh, yeah, great to cover hockey since that is the. One playoffs that's actually underway, so we had some good juicy things to uh, to discuss. And Barry's going to stick around with us, and uh, we're going to get into the NBA playoffs, which start tomorrow with wall-to-wall coverage. And uh, for now, we're going to take our break, and uh, and we'll join you after the break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. This week's talking point is public lands is no use, good use. Our panel includes Keith Warren, Holly Fretwell, and Joel Webster from the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. Also along for the ride is professional walleye angler Tommy Scarless and the intrepid Cat Daddy. Brought to you by Ram Trucks at ramtrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 
That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America listeners, to the third segment of the debut show for All Around Sports. This is John Inglesby, your host, and fortunately, we're still joined by Barry Rubenstein, copy editor on the sports desk of the New York Post, and we just covered the NHL in all its gory detail, and now we're going to move into the NBA, and boy, the NBA playoffs start tomorrow with uh, literally wall-to-wall coverage uh, on ESPN slash ABC starting at one and going to uh, the wee hours around midnight or, or so. So, Barry, uh, the, the matchup that intrigues us both, me in Boston, you in New York, uh, clearly is Celtics-Knicks, so I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Well, it's it's funny. You know, normally, well, not, norm, not normally, I mean, you, you expect that a team like the Celtics that uh, you know was within one victory of winning it all last year uh, just a great, great final series against uh, against the Lakers. Uh, you would think they'd be the prohibitive favorites in the series, and and, and you would be right in thinking that. Um, you know, the the Celtics have beat the Knicks four straight games this year. Uh, you know, the, the Knicks having a um, having a reputation of being a, a not a very good uh, defensive team, particularly after the Carmelo Anthony trade. I mean, they can certainly score as well as anybody, but uh, you know, as as we spoke about. Uh, Regarding the NHL, I think you know defense and rebounding is what wins in in the NBA Finals, and I think we saw last year. I, I think the Celtics were hurt uh, when they lost Kendrick Perkins to injury, and that really damaged them, uh, damaged their chances to beat the Lakers last year. Um, obviously, no Kendrick Perkins on the scene this year, but you know the Celtics are battle tested, and they have so much playoff experience on that roster. Um, but it's interesting when I was you know looking over. Uh, the two different teams, I, I found a couple of statistics which I, which I thought were were were, were kind of kind of jumped out at me. I noticed that the uh, the Knicks have scored 106.5 points points a game this season. Celtics only 96.5. And and for all the talk and all the reputation about rebounding, uh, the Knicks actually out rebounded the Celtics on average this year, 40.5 to 38.8. So. Um, you know, It'd be not as much of an advantage as you might think if you want to if if you want to take those numbers into it, uh, you know. But you know, playoffs are one on the court, not uh, not on stat sheets, uh, you know, with prognosticators. So um, I would still I would still expect the Celtics to win this series, uh, but you know, maybe uh, maybe the Knicks will make a make a series out of it. I don't expect it to be a sweep. I'm thinking Celtics in six, but I you know, but it was I was kind of surprised to see. Uh, the disparity in numbers of uh, scoring and rebounding. No, great observations, Barry. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you. I think the Celtics should win this series, but needless to say, there's huge cause for concern up here in Boston. They're limping. They limped to the finish line again in the regular season, just like last year. And of course, everybody's remembering what they did in the playoffs last year, which was incredible. And then. Uh, so a lot of people are hoping, not expecting, that will happen again this year. And, uh, you know, with the change in the chemistry, uh, once they traded Kendrick Perkins, uh, people up here are very, very nervous. And they, you know, everybody likes to say, you know, with the 
the starting five with Kendrick Perkins never lost playoff series when they all played and were healthy for the entire series. Obviously, that that that, that record will remain intact with Perkins gone. But uh, you know, the, the Celtics have shown that they have the heart of a champion, and uh, you know, and until they show us otherwise, you, you just simply have to go with them and uh, and pick them in this series. So I do think it's going to be an absolute knockdown, dragout affair, and a slugfest, if you will. I think it's going to be very physical. Anytime you know the Knicks are putting three superstars on the floor with Stoudemire, Carmelo Anthony, and Chauncey Billups, so you, you have to give them a chance. And uh, and you know, so that's going to be a great series. And the other series that just intrigues me—it's not marquee, but I do think it could be. The most interesting basketball series is Oklahoma City versus Denver. What are, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, yeah, I think Oklahoma City. I I, I think last year people were, tended to sleep on them a little bit, but I think that cat's out of the bag right now. I mean, Durant has has had a spectacular year for them, and you know, funny how uh, Kendrick Perkins is going to raise his head again here. Uh, you know, he was not obviously for 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 good reason. Not happy to be traded there initially. You know, he was uh, not real pleased, but uh, obviously he's played well there. And, and, and that's a team that I think uh, is getting a lot of play as uh, a team that can kind of be not so much a sleeper anymore because they, they last year I think they were, but not so much now. But I think they can make some noise. And, and there are people out there that think they have a legitimate chance of uh, knocking off the Lakers in the Western Conference. Uh, Denver is a team that I think improved, actually improved after the Carmelo Anthony trade. You know, the, the, the players that were brought over from the Knicks uh, are all defensive-minded players, and they've played, uh, for the most part, uh, pretty well over there, uh, Felton and Gallinari and Chandler. And I think they've really solidified uh, the defense of that team. And, uh, you know, I agree with you. That is, that is an, an intriguing matchup, to be sure. And um, I think... I would pick Oklahoma City, but this one's this one's gonna this one may go the distance, and I think I think that's gonna that's gonna be another very physical series, uh, and and that's gonna be a, a very interesting series to watch. I agree with you there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, and the last one that again jumps out at me of all of them is uh, you know the Miami Heat and the Seventy Sixers. Uh, for a while, it was looking like the Sixers were gonna be possibly the Celtics opponents, so they were. Uh, on our radar screen, and, uh, you know, they've done some nice things this year, and again, with return of Doug Collins as their coach, they're all of a sudden looking uh, somewhat formidable. I agree, and I think I think, this is a, I think this is a good spot for the Sixers. I really do, because, you know, I, I think most people, and rightfully so, are expecting the Heat to win this series, as, as they should, but, you know, this is one of those situations where I think all of the pressure is going to be on Miami. Um, you know, they, they certainly had the, had their moments during the regular season uh, as far as, you know, would, the, would their big three uh, mesh? Would they all fit in together? Would they play, would they play good defense? I mean, I, I think, you know, we certainly saw, you know, at some point during the regular season some, some questions there. And, you know, certainly I think people around the NBA are probably going to be rooting for the Sixers in this series. Um, the Heat, I don't think have a lot of have, have a lot of fans around the NBA, but um, you know I think that's a series to watch too. I I I, I think 
the Sixers can can certainly surprise Miami. Um, you know, again, I, Miami probably will win the series, but this one might be a little tougher than some people think. And uh, the Sixers are a team uh, that uh, you know certainly has the potential to uh, you know give give the Heat a run for it. Absolutely, I agree with. I you. agree, Barry. Yeah, I agree. Good, uh, good observations. And uh, and if both of our picks are right, Celtics and Heat, then they're going to meet in the second round. And uh, won't that be something to see? That'd be, that would least. be a great second round. Yeah, you, you'd think that would be a, a meeting uh, worthy of the conference finals, to be sure. Absolutely. And uh, so, you know, with that said, let's uh, let's move on to baseball. And what are your thoughts on the beginning of uh, the 2011 baseball season? It's a it's a, it's a very long season, and I, I and I think there there there's a tendency for people to get very uh, you know maybe a little too little more too worked up uh, more than so than they than they really need to be, and more so than they really should be. I mean, you know, certainly, you know, the Red Sox would uh, would uh, would not uh, admit to anyone that that their start has been anything but terrible. I mean, two and nine out of the box is just awful. But you know, look at Tampa Bay has struggled out of the gate, and then the you know the Yankees, although they're eight and four, they they had had kind of a slow start too. I mean, everyone expected those three teams, and certainly a lot of people talk about the Red Sox uh, winning the World Series this year, being a World Series favorite. You know, there's, there's no reason to doubt that. Um, but you know, baseball of all the seasons, baseball is the longest. So you know, they've played 11 out of 162, or 12 uh, uh, in some cases. So there there's you know lots of lots of time to make up ground, and you know certainly. Um, as far as the Red Sox are concerned, you know you don't expect guys like Ellsbury and Euclid and Crawford to be hitting under 200 very long. You don't expect guys for the Yankees like uh, Jeter, Tashares, and Swisher to be hitting under 200, 250, which about which is where they are now. Um, so you know you certainly expect uh, them to pick it up. Um, you know pitching wise, you know certainly uh, uh, Buck Holtz and uh, Dice K have gone off the slow starts with the Red Sox and. And Phil Hughes has been a total mystery with the Yankees. His, his, his ERA is through the roof after two starts, and and uh, it's caused a lot of concern in New York. So you know you you would expect uh, something to move there as well. And you know, one interesting thing that I, that 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 I wanted to mention was you know uh, AJ Burnett is kind of a pariah in New York, and uh, granted his ERA is over four, over four and a half, but he's three and zero. So you know if you. If your if your team scores for you, then uh, then maybe it's not so bad. But you definitely need need some offense and get all the uh, cylinders clicking. And I would expect uh, those two teams, as well as Tampa Bay, to, to you know rate the ship before very long. Yeah. So what that means is that AJ Burnett himself has more victories this year than the entire Red Sox team. Correct. Correct. So far, yes. <laughs> but we, again, not about that. Last much longer either. <laughs> That that about sums it up, uh, but yeah, I, I'm sure you're aware. Uh, your uh, counterpart newspaper up here in Boston the day before opening day screamed a headline that read "Greatest Team Ever," referring to the Red Sox, and to say that uh, the fourth estate up here in Boston has been having a lot of fun with that line the past couple of weeks would be an understatement, especially. Uh, uh, noted columnist Dan Shaughnessy. Uh, we, 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 we are going to see that line guaranteed to the end of the year, potentially, unless they become the greatest team ever, or potentially to the end of time. The, 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 this is one of those lines that might uh, make its way into 
the New England sports vocabulary for all time. It's really, uh, it's really been that ironic that uh, the that the Herald printed that headline, and you now we've had the sorriest start to season since I think uh, in a few decades, shall we say. And at certain points during the beginning, it was the worst start since World War II. So, pretty remarkable to say the least. And uh, lastly, and quickly, your thoughts on the uh, current NFL lockout situation? Well, there's not a there's not a whole lot of news coming out of uh, of the talks, but at least they're talking. Uh, at least they're being mediated, which 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 is a good sign. But I think what has happened is both sides are are, are kind of. Uh, under wraps as far as what they can say because you're not hearing anything coming out of the players or the owners camp um i know that that they're planning on announcing their uh announcing uh, the full schedule very soon and they're planning on moving ahead uh you know commissioner uh, roger goodell has said that there are no plans to uh to play games with replacement players they don't even want to go down that road um you know their their goal i, I the goal to both sides is to get this worked out you know one would hope there'd be a way that uh Millionaires and billionaires could figure out a way to uh, uh, figure out uh, some sort of revenue sharing uh, for a business that's been been wildly successful uh, without uh, souring the fans on it. So that that I, I think there will be football this year. I think they will settle, but uh, you know certainly uh, fans really, especially with the economic climate in this country right now, people don't want to hear about uh, uh, sports. And their and their owners and their players uh, fighting over billions of dollars. So you know, one would hope that they would get this uh, worked out as soon as possible. So we can talk about uh, developments on the field real soon. Well, right, you are Barry, and thank you so much for coming on. Always great to get that New York Post perspective. And again, it's been wonderful to have you. We will certainly have you on again in the future, to say the least. And uh, and look forward to that. So once again, Voice America, it's time for a break. And on the other side, we'll take a look ahead at what's, uh, what's coming up for the weekend. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. 
In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now Back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me, John Inglesby, at iir at comcast.net. And the last two segments were great, having Barry on from the New York Post, Barry Rubenstein. And uh, now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm going to take a little time and and look ahead uh, as to what's coming up for the weekend. Uh, As we all know, the NBA and NHL playoffs will be in full swing this weekend. And in many ways, it probably goes right behind maybe the be March Madness, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament for pretty much, you know, nonstop action. Tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, it's just, you know, if you want NBA and or NHL, it's going to be real easy to find over the next 48 hours and then beyond. But this is, again, the opening rounds, just like the NCAA, are when the most games are being played. So, uh, so it, it's going to just be terrific. Um, and speaking of that, uh, this is the best sports weekend of the year up here in Boston. And I grew up in, uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania, two hours east of Pittsburgh and about half an hour from state college, i.e. Penn State. And so I had to, uh, go out of my way to find sports growing up, but I've been up in Boston Many years, and it's weekends like this that make me realize uh, why I moved to this passionate, passionate sports city. Uh, really, it's just incredible. Um, there are going to be, this weekend, here in Boston, there's going to be four Red Sox games starting tonight. There's going to be this tonight at Fenway Park. Tomorrow night at the Boston Garden, TD Garden, is going to be game two of the Bruins-Canadians. Sunday night at that very same garden is going to be game one of the Celtics-Knicks playoff series. And then Monday morning, 11 a.m., will be uh, the Red Sox playing their traditional morning start. And the reason being that it's Patriots Day on Monday, but more importantly, that means to, uh, to we sports fans, 
That means that it's uh, Boston Marathon Day. And again, and it was, was a, an event that always intrigued me. Um, and now that I'm here, it, it's just really is truly a special event. Um, the reason for the 11 a.m. Red Sox start is because uh, Fenway is right beside what's known as Kenmore Square, which is about oh, a mile or less from the finish line at uh, at the John Hancock Tower in the in the Back Bay of Boston. So everybody's run about 26 miles then. So typically the Red Sox game ends around 1.30. The runners are coming through Kenmore Square. The leaders come through. They, they start the race at noon, so they're coming through right around 2 p.m. in front of literally thousands of fans. Kenmore Square is really one of the uh, most well-known areas of Boston, right beside Boston University. And so you, you already have thousands of people in that area anyway because of its vast size. And then... At the precise right moment, you're in, you're out. It seems the, uh, you know, thirty-seven thousand empty out of Fenway, and of course, just walk right down the block, and it literally is a block to Kenmore Square, swelling that crowd to many, many thousands. And you know, at that point, you know, again, you're under a mile to the finish line, so it is really something to behold. And uh, but you know, on on the other end, and what makes the race so special in its 26 mile route is uh is that you can just show up really anywhere along the 26 mile route and and witness this world-class event up close and personal uh for me i'm based in i live in the town of medfield massachusetts so my tradition the past couple of years has just been to you know jump in my car at say noon 12.15, drive about 15 minutes to Natick, Massachusetts, known as the home of Doug Flutie. And uh, I literally just pull up, park in a parking lot, walk right down, you know, a half a block or whatever to what is Route 135, which is the, Mar- the Boston Marathon route. It's probably only about uh, half an hour to 40 minutes from the beginning of the race, so it's fairly early on. And basically, uh, you can just be right there. I mean, you can practically reach out and touch the runners, the leaders, all of it. Uh, it's it's fascinating to watch. So, again, there's really nothing like this weekend in Boston, and I don't know if there's anything quite like it in any other sports city. People literally will go to Red Sox games, then shoot over to a Celtics or Bruins playoff game all in the same day, two sports events. It's It's really pretty awesome. So, with that said, we are now at the end of uh, the debut show of All Around Sports. I want to thank you all for listening. And my last uh, pick of the week is tonight is the premiere of this season's Friday Night Lights. Great high school football show uh, in from Texas. And I highly recommend you all tune in if you haven't before and if you have before. Uh, I'm sure you're well aware of it, and it will be must-see TV. Once again, thank you all for listening, and I look forward to joining you next week on All Around Sports.
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.